Sarah figured out that by switching to MetroPCS, she gets two free smartphones. Your barbecue ribs are the best. Take the rest home with you, Sarah. Just like she figured out that by visiting her in-laws, she doesn't have to cook for the rest of the week. You too figure it out. Get two free 4G LTE smartphones from top brands like Samsung and LG after instant rebate when you switch. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included. See store or metropcs.com for details and terms and conditions. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Wake Up Mission Show. With your host, Shalene Nightingale. And Randy Dees. Where is the revolution? Where is our solution? The time to wake up is here and now. Time for a Randy, <laughs> those are our fireworks. Uh, it is the first anniversary of this show, and we just want to thank each and every single individual who listens to our show, who's listened to our show, all of you who support us. Uh, we really appreciate you. Um, and look, I, I feel like we're giving a speech here, like it's the Academy Awards. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, first and foremost, we do want to thank God. That's right. Well, we love God. We're, you know, we are Christians. We're very proud of that fact. I guess I shouldn't use the word proud, and we'll talk about the word proud in our second hour when we have, yes, we have them, the Benham brothers, David and Jason. And I'm sorry, ladies, I know. They're very attractive, Christ-centered men, but they are both very happily married. And I think, Randy, they have a combined total between the two of them, nine children. They could start their own town. <laughs> anyway, uh, throughout the week, we've got, we have big guests. And uh, in addition, we have returning guests that will be calling in and chiming in and saying hello and giving us updates. So we're really excited about that. Here it is. It's May Day Monday. So here in the first hour, we definitely have some top headlines. And we appreciate you joining in in our first year anniversary of our show. All we're trying to do is get out the message of God, truth, and liberty. That's it. We hope we're succeeding, and we hope that you will share our shows with others so we can continue to grow. And, you know, you can go to thewakeupmissionshow.com, thewakeupmissionshow.com. And, hey, you know, if you want to advertise with us, you want to donate to us, we'd appreciate it because it does cost 
to keep us on air here, even on Blog Talk. So with that said, Randy, you uploaded a few clips, and we're going to play them throughout the week. Uh, But we're going to play right now the one, it was our debut show. So a debut show a a year and a, a few days ago. And so here it is. I think this is what it just was Patty and I. Here we go. I don't hear anything, Randy. Was this what we did on our first show? We didn't say anything? Give it a minute. (laughs) Hey, everyone. How y'all doing tonight? This is Patty. Um, Welcome to our show. We're waiting for Celine. Um, She's having some technical (laughs) difficulties. Uh, Hopefully, she'll be able to get on. I'm not too confident right now, but I'm hoping she can. Uh, (laughs) With me here is uh, Diane. Hi, Diane. (laughs) <laughs> oh, this is funny. Diane? We had a lot of technical difficulties, apparently. I seem to be here alone, I think. Is anybody else here? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Yes. This is Mr. Brandon Boyd. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing real well. How about yourself? All right. I, I've, I've been a little better. <laughs> <laughs> We thought we had all the kinks worked out, but obviously we don't. Um, is there anybody else here? What is all that noise? I'm here, Diane. <laughs> hey, Diane. Who else do have a call? I unmuted everyone that has called in so far. Hi, uh, Linda's here. Tabitha. Hi, Linda. Uh, Tabitha's here. Hey, Tabitha. Uh, any any word on Slayton, Diane? Someone hit me past me or left them in. Maybe this is her. Is that usually? Yes. Yes, that's her. Awesome. Can you, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Oh, yes, <laughs> All right. All right. Praise God. Anyway, you know what? Sorry about that. This is the debut show. And as you know, there's going to be technical difficulties. And unfortunately, I had to call in not using uh, the landline. So hopefully you can all hear me. Uh, can you all hear me really well here? We can hear you. Yeah, I hear you fine. I have a lot of people, I have a lot of people uh, muted. Okay, well, excellent. You're going to need to mute more people because it's very loud. It's very, very loud, so I don't know what that is. I can hear it on my end. So, um, welcome to the debut show. And you know what? This is actually a good thing. What debut <laughs> show should go without a hit? Right, Patty? <laughs> All right. <laughs> We've accomplished You know what? We only have one way to go from here, and that is up, right? Praise God. Boy, does our show sound a lot different since that debut. That is so hysterical, Randy. I'm surprised anybody tuned in again after that our debut show. Uh, Brandon Boyd, who we love, he's an entrepreneur as well. Uh, Christian as well, and uh, he was the very first guest on our show. But we still have technical difficulties every now and then. In fact, uh, Direct Connect, I know, is not working, so we're not able to use the studio uh, this week again. But it goes on. The show goes on. Most important, as we always say, 
is the content. Wow, that was a funny clip, Randy. So uh, we're going to play your first clip, your first debut uh, later in the show and Linda's later in the show. So I'm sure those will be pretty funny, too. (laughs) Yours isn't funny? No, not at all. That's okay. I'm sure we'll enjoy it. We'll enjoy it anyway. But it's time for some headlines. This is May Day Monday, what we like to do, anniversary week, I know, but we definitely want to sound the alarm, and that's what we do here in the first hour uh, each week. So, Randy, I'm not sure if you heard this, and this is not a joke. In fact, I have two headlines, this one and another one here in a few minutes, where you think, it's, is it April Fool's? You know, you're looking on your calendar, is it April Fool's? Because yeah, this can't be real. But unfor- unfortunately, these these headlines are true. So did you hear that Obama, this came out yesterday on my birthday, I wants to punish the naval officer for a crime of shooting in defense at the terrorist in Chattanooga. Yeah, Yeah, he's bringing charges against the naval officer. Uh, And and remember, this terrorist killed five military men. Five. And was trying to kill the naval officer that Obama is trying to charge. So basically, what's, what's Obama saying? That he would have preferred... If this guy would have lost his life instead of defending it, I mean, is that the is that the message that he is sending out? Mm, he's sending out the message: military lives don't matter. Hashtag. Uh, that's very, very, very sad. Well, rather than celebrating Lieutenant Commander White as being a hero, a hero, he may be charged for discharging a firearm on federal property. Now, Alan West, who we like, we like Alan West. This is what uh, he he was saying. Uh, This was a report from him. Ladies and gents, resulting from the text message I received yesterday, I can confirm that the United States Navy is bringing charges against Lieutenant Commander Timothy White for illegally discharging a firearm on federal property. Folks, this, yeah. is, this, is not, this is not a joke. No. Now, where, in, where on God's green earth should someone be committed for a crime for the person who illegally shot their firearm was the terrorist? We are living in an upside-down world here. So this individual was supposed to just let himself be killed and let others be killed instead of firing in self-defense? Or, yeah, go ahead, Randy. I I just said, yeah, apparently so. He was supposed to um, lay down and uh, bend over and take it. Well, it's it's real interesting to me. Uh, you know, we uh, the, a terrorist. No, I know some people. 
out there are saying that this was a false flag and that allegedly one of the officers that was allegedly killed uh, at this Chattanooga event, there are people out there saying that that individual was killed several years ago at another event. And I will say, I will say this, whether true or not, I, I don't know whether this one was a false flag or not, but what I will say is this. There was a photo of one of the individuals that was allegedly shot and killed in Chattanooga. And they put a photo of a guy that was killed about a decade earlier at another event. And their photos are very much the same and their names are the same. So it's real interesting. You you just can't really believe just about anything you hear these days. Like what is the fact from fiction? But what we do, but but the, but what we do know what is fact is that a naval officer, a lieutenant commander, is being charged for a crime. A crime. I'm sorry. I frankly, I feel he didn't commit. So it begs the question that many are starting to ask in this country: Is Obama on a jihad? Yeah. You know, I saw uh, over the weekend, uh, Randy, I was reading, uh, there's a video that that goes along with it. It was very, very interesting from a pastor. A pastor produced this video, and 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 he really well sources it. Apparently, he had written about this fact from the Bible and created a video some time ago, but then... Uh, you know, fact check, which, of course, is, and we've been able to connect fact check to Annenberg and other donors of Obama. So a lot of people are like, well, fact check isn't really all that reliable anymore. But nonetheless, due to fact check saying what this pastor was saying was all wrong, he redid a video uh, or rewrote what he had said earlier and had it sourced and had it confirmed by Jewish rabbis of what he was saying was true. And it was really interesting, Randy, because uh, he, in this video, uh, he, in the Bible, um, in, in Hebrew, I think it was Barak, or Barak, B-A-H-R-A-Q, uh, something to that effect, and Bama, but it was, wasn't Obama, it was more like Bama, like B-A-M-H-A or something to that effect. And that in the Bible, uh, according to, this was in Luke, uh, according to what was written, uh, that, uh, that maybe God was predicting that the Antichrist was, was Obama. Now, in this video, I will say, the pastor's saying, look, this is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying this is what the Bible says, and that and that's all. So it just it was just real interesting to watch it over the weekend, and then uh, a few hours later receive this news alert. And so you know, just a lot of questions uh, in my in my head personally. You know what what are we li- what are we living under, um, and just how surreal it is that somebody def- a, 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 a military soldier. A military soldier who, if he wouldn't have defended himself, who defends the lives for this country, defends, uh, you know, who's constantly risking his life for this country, and, um, and, and, and for defending his life, 
he he's now going to be charged with a crime. Just I just wow. So um, another another one that came out, which this is not the one I'm referring to. That is April Fools. I actually like this. This uh, was from Breitbart. Uh, this was an alert from Breitbart. This was an exclusive. Uh, John Boehner embarrassed. Remember last week on Thursday, we reported about, uh, uh, fortunately, a representative in your state, Randy, uh, which we were, we were glad about, uh, that he wanted to remove Boehner. And we're talking about Representative Mark Meadows. Uh, he's a Republican from North Carolina who just had, had enough. He's tired of the lies. He's tired of the bullying. And so we reported that on Thursday. Well, apparently, uh, and this report came out from Breitbart also yesterday, uh, August 2nd, that uh, Boehner is embarrassed because his whip, his whip team couldn't find enough votes to reelect him as Speaker of the House last week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know. Uh, I know we're laughing, and maybe we shouldn't be laughing. But I said it the moment Boehner was elected. That man is not a conservative, and we say it all the time. We've said it time and time and time again that the two parties are two heads of the same snake, and we mean it. And the record uh, speaks for itself. And the records. Right. They, you're absolutely right. They speak for themselves. However, however, there are few good ones in the Republican Party. And there's a lot of good voters in the Republican Party. Let's, you know, let's make that clear. You know, it's not the voters. It's those that are, have been elected or selected to allegedly represent us. So there yeah. are a few good ones like Mark Meadows. So we, we, we want to make sure that that is clear. I was a Republican for, for many, many years, as I think you were too. So this it, it isn't a party that we hate. This was a party we aligned ourselves with at one time and left it due to the fact that it's changed. Well, how, uh, Boehner had been planning to call up the House floor last week because, uh, you know, and try to do something to Mark Meadows and have him removed. So he intended to embarrass him, but abandoned the plan after his entire leadership structure, and we're talking about Boehner's, uh, learned that they did not have enough votes to reelect him before the August recess. Yeah, they're, they're all out of town right now. I'm Somebody needs to go and change all the locks on the door, and let's, let's have another election real quick and get, peop get people in that actually represent the people of the country. <laughs> Tell well, them, that no, would don't, be, bother don't bother coming yeah, back. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice for once. Yeah. But, we're gonna have, but people, you have to go outside the party. Stop thinking that a party is going to save you. First of all, your only salvation is through God, Period. Period. But as far as this country goes, I mean, if you're not, not everybody who listens to this show, and we know this, not everybody is a follower of Christ, and we understand that. But if you're going by the laws of the land, uh, the Constitution, and start electing leaders that are moral, 
who really do want to put their oath to the Constitution. And it's getting harder and harder to find those in the Democrat and Republican parties. And as a matter of fact, I was watching a clip somebody sent me uh, 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 earlier. Uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, of course, she's the chairwoman of the Democrat Party. I went rounds with her in emails years ago. I'll never forget it. It was when I was serving as media director for Save Our State. And her and I went back and forth. Let me tell you something. She was a rather rude woman. Well, she was uh, recently on, believe it or not, MSNBC, Hardball with Chris Matthews. By the way, did you hear, I think, both Chris Matthews and that, everybody always calls him Special Ed. Uh, Did you hear that they've been fired from MSNBC along with a few others? They have a big old shakedown because their ratings are at the bottom of, you know, the news network. I only watch Lockup uh, on that channel, and that's like maybe once a month. Well, uh, they've, they've had a big shakedown. And get this, they're replacing Matthews and Ed with uh, Brian Williams. The, the guy that, the guy that, the guy claimed, that lied. Oh, okay, yeah. He claimed he was, what, where, was he in, claimed he was in a hot zone somewhere? I forget right. now. Exactly. So anyway, uh, he lied, and now they're going to, of course, he was fired from, or, you know, I don't know, fired, because uh, MSNBC is part of the NBC family, so really they just shuffled them around. Uh, they're putting yes. him back on air. So yeah, when we tell you on this show, it's not honest news. <laughs> we mean it. Yeah, the the media people are just like the politicians. They'll be in one position one day, and then you know, a couple months, a couple years later, they'll they'll be they'll be rehashed and pop up somewhere else. Politicians and media, puke stream media, as I call them, and I coined that phrase. So, anyone using that, you have to send me money. They're it's like whack a mole. They they pop up somewhere else eventually. Like Janet Incompetano left. Um, Homeland Insecurity, and then ended up, uh, what is she, like, on Cal State Board of Directors or some something like that? Right, yes, yeah, she is. She's, the, she's now the, the headmaster, <laughs> shall we say, <laughs> and, of course, uh, created the microaggression. Uh, yeah. So we do a lot of microaggressioning on our show. In fact, yeah. we'll be doing quite a bit of it in the next hour when we interview the Penham Brothers. Oh, dear Lord. (laughs) Uh, But but anyway, um, uh, you know, anyway, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz was on Chris Matthews before he was fired. And he asked her, I have to tell you, and this is probably why he got fired. Maybe this could have been the reason. He asked her what the difference was. I couldn't believe this was MSNBC. I would expect Fox News to ask, maybe ask this question, but MSNBC asked her, what is the difference between the Democrats and the Socialists? Hmm. And she, she, uh, she got all flustered. It's a pretty funny clip. She gets all flustered and she said, well, 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 well I think that the question that we really want to be asking during uh, a campaign season is what is the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans? And he said, no. 
He said, I just asked you, what is the difference between the Democrats and the Socialists? He asks her a couple of times. She never will answer the question. I think he asks about three or four times. And each time she kept going back to, you know, let's, you know, what is the difference between Democrats and Republicans? But the very first time she's asked, you could see it in her eyes. She was flustered. There is no difference. And she knows that. And they were asked, he was asking particularly because of Bernie, who is a socialist. He's a self-proclaimed socialist. Uh-huh. He has said it. He's, he was part of the Socialist Party. So he's a socialist running under the Democrat ticket and doing really well. He's pulling in a very high second place. Now, how scary is that? Uh, you've got a Democrat that's pulling in second place. And he's a socialist. What does that tell you about the Democrat Party? So that is why he asked the question. And she would not answer it. All she would say was that Bernie uh, deserved a platform. Because he said, does a socialist deserve a platform with the Democrat Party? And she said, yes, basically. So what does that tell you? And she would never answer the question about you know, whether, you know, what the difference was between socialists and Democrats. So it just tells you there is no difference. And you want to go further, what's the difference between Democrats and Republicans? Not much. No. Democrats so what does that tell you? Democrats are socialists. Republicans are socialist light. Right. Exactly. Well, and, and, and here's some news for you. Today they were going to vote on defunding uh, Planned Parenthood. And guess what? The bill was defeated. What does that tell you about these two parties? It's disgusting that this bill was defeated. When you, when you think about all the people in this country, including Democrats, in fact, even Camille Paglia, I was reading, as everybody knows, she is, she is a liberal, but she's, uh, she, even though she is pro-choice, she does believe that uh, abortion is murder, Okay. You know, she's a big, you know, big name in the feminist movement. And she's disgusted by Planned Parenthood. She believes they should have been uh, defunded. That says quite a bit. So you have the majority of this country, I would say three-fourths, after the undercover videos have come out about from Planned Parenthood, after these videos came out, and, uh, and uh, your representatives didn't hear you. What they're doing is illegal. They're selling baby body parts. And guess what? I watched that second video. They are selling even live babies. So babies that are aborted and are still alive, they are killing them and chopping them up. And uh, your, your representatives in Democrats and Republicans just, decided not to defund Planned Parenthood. Nor is Planned Parenthood, other than some little speech we received from Loretta Lynch, the country is being lynched. These babies are being lynched. They're not being investigated. They are still doing their Dr. Mengele work. They're still murdering babies. They are still going to be chopping them up and selling them. They're not being stopped, at least not by this current oligarchy. By the way, 
by the way, Jimmy Carter, I will say, even though Randy, even though he is part of the fact that we're an oligarchy today, did you see that he admitted to it? Yeah. Jimmy Carter. Did you read it? Yeah, Yeah. earlier today. The first trilateral commission president, Mm -hmm. very first one, Jimmy Carter, Democrat, he at least came out and said, America is an oligarchy. Yep. Which is what I've been saying, you know, all this time. Now, uh, on Thursday, Randy, we reported that uh, that that the company, that the organization, excuse me, that uh, has been putting out these undercover videos. Uh, they were blocked. A judge blocked them from putting out further videos, and we reported this on the show on Thursday. Yeah. Well, some information. Now, we reported that he was, we reported this on Thursday. So even before this headline, which came out on Saturday, uh, we did already report that this judge was appointed by Obama. Of course. So and that is he- not right. That's not the new news, okay? What is new was that this judge raised nearly a quarter a million dollars for Obama's campaign. A quarter, nearly a quarter of a million dollars. Uh-huh. And we want to thank the Federalist. Uh, we want to thank the Federalist uh, for putting out this news. We cannot thank you enough. And uh, this is key information. By the way, the judge is Judge William H. Oreck Third. Judge H. Oreck Third. So we shouldn't be surprised, I guess, by this, especially now that, you know, even Jimmy Carter says we live under an oligarchy. These are how oligarchies, this is how they uh, function. Tons of corruption and not doing the will of the people. So one of the things that we're doing here on our anniversary week is we are now launching commercials. And we hope that if you want to advertise with us, go to the wakeupmissionshow.com to learn more. Here's one that our own show produced. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Randy again. If you listen to the show, you know Shaleen and I sound the alarm and grab attention. Well, let us help you get the attention your brand deserves. Thousands of listeners worldwide could be hearing your message right now. So advertise with us. Our rates are low cost with a variety of options to fit into any budget. So come on, free market capitalists. Contact us by email, staff at thewakeupmissionshow.com. Defenders of Liberty are waiting to help you increase your business right now. The day... We're going to go to commercial break, and when we get back, we're, this is today, this is Randy's debut of business of the day when we Yay, come Randy. back. <laughs> now, without further ado, we have my good friend, Randy Dees, debuting with his business section on our show. Randy, I'm so glad to have you here along with Linda. Thank you for being here. 
Well, thank you, Shaleen. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, if you don't mind, I do have a few people I would like to thank before I get started. Um, and let's see, of course, you and uh, Linda for entrusting me to do this segment, and our good friend Brandon Boyd at Wake Up Now and Gospel Jackson at Affluentry Connection, and our former co-host Patty Maddie. Without, without their vision and support, none of this would have been possible. And also our team at the Wake Up Mission for all they do. They're a talented and hardworking group of good people. Um, as far as the business world goes, there's a few guys I'd like to thank. Um, reason being is they, they gave me an opportunity. Sandy Steinman at T-San Electronics. When I first moved to L.A. in 1990, he took a chance, gave me an opportunity, and I grew, grew with his company. Um, Troy Swanner, Steve Shama, and Bill Roach for allowing me to take control of the departments I was entrusted to run. And they gave me free reign to run these departments as I saw fit, and, and I uh, rewarded their trust with the job well done, if I say so myself. <laughs> My qualifications, <laughs> you know, I, I did. I did a great job. And uh, they'll tell you, they're my references. Um, my qualifications, no, I don't have a college degree. I felt like you were giving a, a, an Academy Award-winning speech there, Randy, on on your very first day. <laughs> and again, you've come a long way. We've come a long way. This is our anniversary week, the first year of our show, uh, putting out the truth for God and liberty. Uh, as we say, we're the underground network connecting the dots for liberty. So, Randy, uh, I told you I had a couple of stories that I thought this has got to be April Fool's. Uh, you know, let me look at the calendar again, but I thought that's impossible. Yesterday was my birthday, and my birthday's in August, so this is, it can't be April 1st. Well, here's the other. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. You told me yesterday, but you know, I, I love you, and thank you. But, but uh, here's the other story that I, I was just like, this, this, this cannot, this has got to be satire. But it's not. I confirmed it. In fact, what's really funny uh, this the original link uh, that was sent to me. The editor's note. I kid you not for this news sort. The editor's note. The following column. The following column uh, is not satire. So uh, now, now, now. Apparently, since then, it's come out to say that it is satire. Okay. So, I, so I don't know. All right, because it is on Alex Jones's site. It is on a few sites out there. I think it's. I think it has to be satire, though. And if somebody wants to call in to let me know, but just in case, because it's just, it's got to be satire. The California uh, legislature is debating a bill that has passed through committee that would phase out hierarchy within a company. The bill is considered a landmark bill by many to eliminate what has been referred to as wholesale impression of employees of a company. God, I mean, this is a joke. This is a joke, right? Because who would do this? Allegedly, uh, DeLeon, of course, uh, here in our state of California, DeLeon is a Democrat. He's a communist. He actually is part of the Socialist Party. You can see his name on the Socialist Party website. 
But he said no longer will workers confront the hostile environment which comes every day when they have to face being stratified in their careers. I, it's a joke. It's, it, this has got to be a joke. Anyway, anyway, uh, pretty funny. Uh, whether true or not, whether true or not, I don't think it's too far in coming. I think eventually it's going to come to that with the push of communism and socialism in our country and their numbers are growing. I don't know. I was doing some research for one of the articles that I was writing, Randy, and mm -hmm. I did go to the communist website and their numbers are increasing. They have more members today than they did a decade ago. And we've talked a lot about Senator McCarthy, uh, you know, it was before our time with the, what they called it the American Uncommittee, or what, you know, uh, and, and, and how everybody was being blacklisted. And since that time, of course, they made Senator McCarthy look like the bad guy because that's what, that's a Saul Alinsky tactic. Rules for radicals. Take out the person who's telling the truth. I know you and I have been victims of that ourselves in the past. That's what they like to do. But since that time, they, there was already communists in this country. The Communist Party started in this country at the turn of the last century. A lot of members of the entertainment industry back in the early days. That's a fact. And some of them came out and, and, were, and said, yes, I am. In fact, Olivia de Havilland was one of those. She was speaking at a communist event. Um, and the only reason why she backed out was because of a lot of noise. A lot of people were saying something. That was the only reason. Olivia de Havilland, a great actress, uh, Snake Pit for one, uh, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte with Betty Davis, another. But, and she wasn't the only actress or actor in Hollywood. Let's make that very clear. So, you know, that was back then. So, of course, we have a lot more, a lot more today. So, is satire or not, you know what, Randy? I don't think mm -hmm. it's too far behind. I do yeah, not think it's, it's too far behind. They're, you know, California is basically trying to control every aspect of a business through um, registration and taxes. Or not registration, regulation and taxes. That's the logical next step for those commies and scummermento. Right. And, you know, a lot of businesses are leaving this state left and right due to the bureaucracy and the taxes, most of them going to, you know, places like, like, uh, like Texas, where it's very business friendly. And uh, so and more and more businesses, of course, you know, leaving the country, going to other countries like Mexico, where, you know, there they can, they can even hide, you know, taxes. And speaking of hiding, I love this. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, this came out yesterday. Donald Trump. You know, I really like Donald Trump. I have to say, more and more and more, I like him. Yeah. And he declared, I pay as little as possible in taxes. And, he, and here's what he said. This is what he said on CBS's Face the Nation. He says, I fight like hell to pay as little as possible for two reasons. Number one, I'm a businessman. And that's the way you're supposed to do it. I can, I can just see him saying that, right? Um, the other reason is that I hate 
the way our government spends our taxes. I hate the way they waste our money. Trillions and trillions of dollars of waste and abuse, and I hate it. Me too. I thank God. Finally, somebody as big as him is out there speaking the truth. A perfect example, Planned Parenthood. I don't want my money paying for murder and the chopping up of little babies. It's sick, it's wicked, it's demonic. I don't want to pay for it. You and I have reported on many, many, many wasteful studies and grants and uh, that that this government, you know, spends their money on that as a Christian, I don't want to be any part of. Right. One of them was how, you know, something to do with homosexuals and uh, and obesity and their sex lives. I don't want to pay for that. Nope. You know, and and what uh, Donald Trump is more like the founding fathers, just just about anybody uh, in, in current times. Let's face it, because what did the founding fathers do? They had a revolt. They stopped paying taxes and revolted for far less than what we endure today. Well, founding fathers had balls. Nobody in this country has balls anymore. Well, you know, I think Donald Trump, I, again, I'm liking him more and more. Now, he hasn't released his own tax returns returns yet, but it said he has no major problems doing it. So good for him. And you know what? It's really funny. Why should he release his tax returns? What about Hillary Clinton and her emails? Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, doesn't she have something like 55,000 pages of emails that need to be, you know, revealed? So before he releases his taxes, I want to see her emails. Now, I was reading over the weekend, Randy, a lot of emails. Now, this rumor has been out there about her for years, but allegedly, and there was some sources. And, you know, again, we always check and double-check our resources, sources. And if we're not sure about something, but we find it interesting, like today's about the bosses in California, we say it on air. Hey, call us, let us know. Is this satire or not? This is what we do. So we don't want to put any untruthful information out there on our show. Uh, but I found several sources over the weekend uh, about Hillary Clinton that some of those emails uh, she's writing to, you know, some of them have to do with her female lovers. Uh, so I... So, and, and so that was very, uh, very interesting. So, yeah, but before he releases his tax returns, I like what he said. I want to see Hillary's emails first. Yeah. And Lois <laughs> I'm just saying. And who else's emails? Lois Learners and all those emails at the, uh, wow. right, 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 right. Yeah. What about, what about those? And whatever happened to that, by the way? And I still see little little blurbs here and there, but nothing's happened. Nothing will happen. You know, it was just all the dog and pony show, like everything else in Washington. Well, I've got one more now. Tomorrow on our show, uh, we have uh, Shannon uh, uh, on our show. She's got a very long last name, uh, but she is a homeschooler and a leader in the vaccine truth movement. 
So homeschooler leader in traf- uh, uh, in, 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 the, in the vaccine truth movement. Uh, also, by the way, we'll have my friend Art Olivier, who was, he wasn't our first guest. That was uh, Brandon Boyd, but uh, he was one of our first guests in our first week, my friend Art Olivier, and we will be speaking with him tomorrow uh, for Truth Tuesday. So that's a good combination of uh, truthers in both hours. And, and Art will be joining us about a 9-11 truth. He, of course, wrote and produced Operation Terror. So, but on vaccine truth, in a recent article published by Robert F. Kennedy, of course, Bobby Kennedy uh, Sr.'s uh, son, it's titled Children at Risk, Governments, uh, Vaccines, Government, and Big Pharma's Dirty Money. He highlights the fact that every vaccine introduced to the vaccine schedule guarantees its manufacturer millions of customers increasing vaccine revenue by billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. However, it appears at a minimum of 56 doses. 56 doses of 14 vaccines before the age of 18 before the age of 18 is not quite lucrative enough for the industry. Uh, According to Mr. Kennedy's research, the CDC, so because of that, has 271 new vaccines under development. Can you believe that number? 271 new vaccines under development in the hopes that the vaccine revenues will reach a staggering $100 billion by 2025. Hmm. Wow. I didn't know there were 271 diseases. <laughs> well, you know, we, we always talk about, we talk about vaccines on this show fairly regularly. It doesn't matter what side of the issue you are on. You should at least do the research and know what is in the vaccines. You can even go to the government website, the CDC website, to take a look at the list, and you will find in their monkey brains, you've read it on air on the show, again, this is on the CDC website, along with high, uh, high dosage of aluminum. Of course, aluminum has been connected to uh, a higher uh, rates of autism in this country. So it, it's very interesting, and I look forward to speaking to our guest tomorrow. So here we are celebrating. I think it's time before you do uh, any business items. Let's just have a little break because those are some pretty hefty, uh, pretty hefty truth items. It's our first year anniversary. Here we go. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Flintstones. <laughs> Again, we just really want to thank all of our listeners, our supporters of the show, all the guests we've had in the past year. We thank you uh, for keeping us here on Blog Talk. We've had, by the way, we have had many people come forward to us asking us to be on what they say, they call it now dinosaur radio. And uh, we're just, we haven't said yes to anything. We want to thank everybody for that. And so, Randy, you know, you can learn more about, uh, about us and our show by going to the Wake Up Mission Radio Show.com. So, what do you have for us in regard to business today? 
Well, it's not any better than uh, the <laughs> news that that you have. Uh, these actually, I've got a couple of articles that I saw on Friday. Um, you know, that's when we do our music show, and we're you know we're taking a break. But even though we take a break, bad news never does. Well, U.S. wage growth breaks in second quarter and consumer sentiment slips, according to this article. Um, the U.S. labor costs in the second quarter recorded their smallest increase in 33 years as workers earn less in commissions and bonuses and what appears to be a temporary wage growth setback against the backdrop of diminishing labor market slack. Wow. And, and as always, these so-called experts who've been painting this rosy picture and then turning around and blaming it on winter, <laughs> they're caught by surprise. Oh. Wow, we had no idea. And you got to think, what does this actually mean? Well, it means that there are fewer people in the workforce. If labor costs are the lowest they've been in 33 years, that means that what workers are in the workforce they're getting paid peanuts, and everybody else is not in, not involved in the workforce. You know, wow. you know that, that's the that's the truth of the matter with that. Um, and you know, just looking through the article, these so-called experts, I think they're paid to paint a rosy picture. Uh huh. Uh huh. They're 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 baffled, and they're still predicting good things. You know, it's kind of like you remember in the movie Animal House when there was the big. Um, you know, at the at the end of the the towards the end of the movie when they were having the parade and and the guys from I forget the name of the frat house. Uh, you know, they built they built they souped up the Cadillac the and they went uh -huh. in the parade. Well, you know, everybody's running away and you know that one guy's going all is well, all is well. Stop running away. Everything is fine. That, that's what these market analysts are, really. They're that guy in Animal House that they get trapped. Because <laughs> they, they don't know they're, I, I don't know if, you know, they're paid to paint this rosy picture or, you know, they, they uh, you know, they, well, they get paid a lot of money. I, mean, I, I do think some are, are paid. I mean, you just nailed it. That's why we do this show because you and I were fed up with the propaganda we hear on mainstream media all the time, you can clearly go into your own community to see the truth. And if you look at the labor statistics since 1970, that will tell you the truth. When you look right. at the underemployment rate in this country, that will tell you the truth. Well, the underemployment so, uh, absolutely. Uh, these people are paid. It's it's paid to keep propaganda alive and well, so that people yeah. go on just living their life and don't don't pay attention here. It's all well. Yeah, you know, just like like my mom's hometown. You, I, I was doing some research, and I'm still in the process of doing. It. I can't find any. It's hard to find pictures, but in this it's a city of a hundred thousand people. Back in the day, there were one hundred textile mills. Now, maybe less, maybe maybe a handful. Wow. That entire industry, because due to NAFTA, was sent to Mexico, Pakistan, China, India, and you know, the, I mean, nobody was getting rich working there, but and the work was was very very hard. But people were making, you know, it was blue collar work. People were making a living, you know, buying homes. Um, 
you know, everybody has, you know, two cars in the garage, you know, uh, and all that, and all that. Right, right, right. In fact, I was just reading a report. Uh, hold on, Randy. I was just reading a report that uh, back, they were doing a report on, like, in the 90s and the 80s. They were comparing it when people, when you just nailed it, when you said cars, they were buying cars, like, every three to four, you know, three to five years. Right. They did a breakdown. Now, people are keeping their cars for a decade. A decade, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, people that live in the northeast and along the Canadian border, those because of you know the, the winter and them putting salt and slag down on the road, those cars don't last long. You know, about five years, the bottoms are rusted out of those cars. All right. So, you know, I guess you know people in the north, you know, they're probably putting two by fours or particle board and rugs or carpet or something because the bottom right. of us but eventually the seed will fall through and you know they'll be doing the Flintstones. But anyways <laughs> all those, all those yeah, you should mention that. <laughs> all, all those factories were exported from my mom's hometown and what were they replaced with? Service sector jobs. You've got fast food restaurants and clothing stores that have popped up everywhere. And you've got tons and tons of empty buildings on the west side of town, tons and tons of vacant lots where factories used to be. There's nothing wow. there. And that, that's, that's NAFTA for you. But there's, you know, a handful of people got rich, but, you know, went to people in my mom's hometown. So, you know, look at that. And most and people that live there that do have, you know, fat, you know, fairly decent jobs, they've got to commute. Uh, an hour just to get to their job wow. now. It used to be maybe like 20 minutes because you were working in town. Now you've got to go out of town to get a job. Well, anyways, wow. moving on. And this one came in on Friday too, and, and it backs up what I just said, and it's really surprising that it came from Reuters. The headline is, Only a payroll surprise could shake a stalling market. And that was Friday, and I don't know what happened uh -huh. today because I was busy, uh, and they, they say, unless next week's payrolls report is an outlier, investors should expect a continuation of the directionless market that has kept the S&P 500 trading in place for most of the year. I guess they can't blame it on winter time now. What are they going to say now? Oh, it's too hot. Right. People can't go to work because it's too hot outside. And, uh, and, you know, they're saying, should July post strong job gains, it would point to an economy strong enough and here's our favorite organization for the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates for the first time in almost a decade. Well, we know what's going to happen. The job report is going to come out, I don't know, in a week or two, and they're going to be surprised that, oh, the numbers just aren't where we thought they would be. We thought there would be more people in the workforce. Yeah, my ass. So that's another oh, one. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah, no, I, I didn't have some good news. You have some good news? Wow, uh, it's good to have good news. Right, right. Well, you know, we've been, been talking about the toilet paper deal for months now. Well, this one came out on Friday. There was some meeting in Hawaii um, uh, for the Pacific Rim trade. Uh, the, the, the toilet paper deal, well, Pacific Rim trade ministers failed to clinch a deal on Friday to free up trade between a dozen nations after a dispute flared up over auto trade between Japan and North America, Japan and North America, and New Zealand, 
um, they're they're kind of mm-hmm. you know sticking their guns over the dairy trade. So no agreement mm-hmm. was reached on monopoly periods for next generation drugs and trade ministers from the twelve nations de- negotiating the toilet paper deal, which would you know it's Japan to Chile and oh, and cover forty percent of the world economy. Yeah, that's what we need. Twelve nations uh, with unelected bureaucracies controlling forty percent of the world's economy. Uh, well, they fell short of the deal at the talks in Hawaii, um, but they're they're supposedly confident that our agreement is within reach. Now it sounds like they're having a Bilderberg Group meeting over there because I didn't see anything. Um, um, well, of course you didn't. First of all, first of all, Randy, we know that when it comes to any secretive group like this, the Trilateral Commission, North American Union, SPP, Bilderbergs, uh, Bohemian Grove, and the likes, it's not going to be in the media. Right. You know, okay. which is why alternative media is, you know, coming up left and right, because we've got to disseminate the truth out there. So, of course you didn't. Are you shocked? Yep. Well, no, I'm not, I'm never shocked about anything anymore. I don't know if I'm jaded or it's just uh, you know this. It's like I'm, we're so awake that we see through all this bull crap and nothing really shocks us. And got another one here. This is not good news either. Uh, Alpha Natural Resources Inc. They're one of the country's largest coal producers. Um, well, they're going to be filing for bankruptcy because of what the EPA has done to the coal industry and whose EPA is. Did this? Well, of course, it was Obozos. They operate mm-hmm. 60 coal mines in Appalachia. Now, let, let me, anyone that doesn't know anything about Appalachia, it's one of the poorest regions in the country. Um, right, right. I was reading this today. That's just, it, I mean, it, what is going to happen? This is what happens in communism. Your government, everything becomes centralized. So right. all the energy in this country, they want it centralized. There's a reason. Connect the dots. There's a yeah. reason they don't want any coal miners or in the coal mining business anymore. You're going to start seeing a lot more of this as the time comes. Eventually, we will be on just their power grid, and that's that's exactly what this whole agenda is all about. Yeah, like, like those dependable Eastern Bloc power grids from – you know, the Eastern Bloc nations, you know, you might have power for maybe six, eight hours a day, and then it goes out. And you know what's real hypocritical? All these damn tree hunters, they, they're always complaining about fossil fuels. Oh, you got to build wind farms. We've got to build wind farms. Oh, you can't build a border between the U.S. and Mexico because of some snail that migrates or a turtle. Well, there are thousands of birds uh, being killed by these damn wind farms because they're flying into the blades. You don't hear a peep out of them. You know, where the hell is... Uh, well, the actually, they are starting to. I was reading over the weekend, but remember, they only use these as an excuse to implement their agendas. These activists are paid. Some just uh-huh. buy into the propaganda and help out. But, no, I actually was reading over the weekend um, that now they're talking about the wind Mills are talking about obviously the solar panels. So no, it's the agenda is on its way, and we're going to see a lot more. But hey, stay tuned. We're going to go into our our top of the hour break, and when we go, you're going to hear Linda. Linda, who's our show coordinator, she's filled in for me when I'm not here. We're going to hear her debut uh, ads break. 
a song, and then we'll be back with the Benham Brothers. Stay tuned here as we celebrate our first anniversary. Stay tuned for the second half of the Wake Up Mission Show. Hello, you've joined the Blog Talk Radio Show, the Wake Up Mission, and we are having some technical difficulties. I, this is Linda Gilstrap. Normally, I'm the show coordinator. I'm sort of pitch hitting as the producer today, and I'm afraid I am having a little difficulty with my computer. Um, I have no dashboard to bring Shaleen on, so stand by, bear with us, and I will try to take care of this. In the meantime, I have this day in history up. We were going to talk about that today, so I'll give you a few of today in history. The, on October 20th in 1947, the notorious Red Scare kicked into high gear in Washington when they went on the, uh, the hunt for communism in Washington. And here, that's okay, uh, Linda. Oh, I there am you here. are, Shalane. Sorry, everybody. Yes, uh, the show that <laughs> I got a call right before the show. But we are here. It is the Wake Up Mission show. Uh, did we play the intro to the show there, my friend? I don't have a dashboard. You don't have a dashboard. Well, let's let's do no. this right. Why don't we play the intro to the show, and then when we come back, uh, we will have more. I know that the dashboard has changed here a little bit. Uh, we've got news when we come back. And happy Monday, everybody. Yes, it is true. Uh, Patty Maddie is no longer with the show. She decided that she, due to health and personal reasons, to step down from this because it is a lot of work, this show. So this week on Thursday, in honor of Patty's contributions, on Thursday we're going to play our very first show ever. Our very first show. Diane, can you believe it? We've been doing this show long enough where we can play the first show and it will be like a new show for people. Yay. <laughs> so helping out in duties, of course, will be Diane, our show's producer, and our show's coordinator, Linda, who did a fantastic start without me, with me calling into the studio a bit late. So uh, go ahead, Linda. Here at the Wake Up Mission Show, we want all of our listeners to be debt-free and financially free. We believe a free market system is best for the restoration of liberty. If you are tired of looking for a job in this hopeless market, or if you are struggling to pay your monthly bills, let us help. We have several income opportunities for you which are tested and proven by our company, The Wake Up Mission LLC. To learn more, go to our website, www.thewakeupmissionshow.com and click on the Financial Solutions tab. Of their brush 
It's the master of the masterpiece who deserves the praise. Not the paint they use of blue or green or blush. So don't praise me if I do something wonderful. Don't praise me. Don't even make a fuss. Give glory to the master through his hand it was done. Don't praise me. I am just the brush. When you read the words of Shakespeare, bend me north the row. Do you ever glorify the pens they use? It's the author of the classic work who is glorified, not the pen and ink and not the words they choose. Don't praise me if I do something wonderful. Don't praise me. Don't even make a fuss. Give glory to the master through his hands. It was done. Don't praise me. I am just the brush. It's easy to forget sometimes. Legends in our minds, but we're just tools within His hands, used to carry out His plans. Don't praise me if I do something wonderful. Don't praise me. Don't even make a fuss. Give glory to the master through His hands. It was done. Just the brush. Don't praise me. I am just the brush. Yes, we are celebrating our first year anniversary of the Wake Up Mission Show, connecting the dots for liberty. All we do is speak about God and the Constitution and the truth on this show. Before the break, you heard Linda's first show. Boy, Randy, we certainly made some mistakes on each of our first episodes. They're hilarious. (laughs) Welcome back to the Wake Up Mission Show. Well, today, this fabulous Monday, August 3rd, we are very honored to have David and Jason Benham, the brothers that were going to have a show on HGTV, and their show was canceled due to their faith. Later this week, we have Aaron and Melissa Klein, the Oregon Bakers, who were fined unconstitutional hefty fines because they wouldn't bake a cake for a lesbian couple. So uh, without further ado, the authors of Whatever the Cost, David and Jason Benham, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thank you for having us, and happy anniversary. Glad to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, We cannot believe it. We just started as, you know, we're like you, we're we're Christians, entrepreneurs, and we just got a little frustrated, uh, the fact that there's not a lot of truth out there, and we wanted to do something different, amateurs that came together and said, let's just make a difference. So we are, we appreciate you being here on our on our first anniversary. Well, so, for you. We're so glad to be here you. for you guys. Thanks for speaking up. 
Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for speaking up. Uh, the moment that I read uh, my friend Jackie Junty, who listens to the show, hello, Jackie, she had sent me a link because uh, I think you were doing a news interview, maybe CNN, and I didn't know your story until I read this, this, this interview. I couldn't believe the fact that you were going to have a show that would have been a great show, by the way, helping people who couldn't afford to get into homes and showing them how to get into homes. Fantastic. And I watch HDTV, so I was very disappointed. Before your show even aired, they pulled it. Tell our listeners why they pulled your show. Well, this is David speaking, and, and just so you'll know, when HGTV reached out to us the first time, we had already been in negotiations with TLC for a, for a mm -hmm. reality television show, and, and Jason and I had built a, a real estate company, 100 offices across 35 states, expanding the tax base, creating jobs, the whole nine yards, and, uh, and that attracted uh, some reality television show production companies, and and so we were negotiating with TLC, but then HG came in, made us a, an unprecedented offer. They said, look, we're going to bypass the pilot, and we're actually going to give you six one-hour episodes straight to television. And, uh, and so that was really exciting. We decided to sign with HG, but before we signed with them, they did some vetting on us and found out that we were pro-life, pro-marriage. We voted for Amendment 1 in 2012 that won by 67% of the popular vote in North Carolina to amend the Constitution between to make marriage between a man and a woman, and um, and as a result of that, HG said, "Hey, listen, let's just meet in person and talk about your views because we know that you'll be construed as as haters." After they met with us, they said, "You know what? You're not haters," and that's when they made us uh, the the offer. And and what was really interesting is that nothing changed for 12 months from the time we signed with them until we started in pre production. When we started uh, filming, we were five weeks into a 10-week uh, film session in the spring of 2014. And uh, while we were in the middle of that film session, Right Wing Watch and GLAAD and some other activist networks found out we were going to be on HGTV. Oh. So they created a whole new spin piece. They created, they pulled words out of context. They pulled even untrue stories and said that Jason and I were doing all kinds of crazy things. And as a result of that, then they started pressuring HGTV and bombarded their Facebook page with thousands of comments, you know, basically saying we'd love wow. the Venom Brothers' heads on a platter. And uh, they couldn't. Oh, my it. goodness. So they fired us. Uh, they, they said, listen, we know you're not haters. And this is why out of 200 one-on-one -on -one interviews and 51 million tweets about the Benham Brothers and all this other stuff, you don't see us ever saying anything bad about HGTV because they tried to stick with us. But they did not anticipate the kind of pressure that these activist networks were going to put on them. And, and it felt like uh, the sky was falling for HG. Although we said, look, if you stick with us, trust me, America – is going to like the television. They like faith-based, family-friendly television. But unfortunately, HG just didn't really have the stomach for it. Oh, that's, that is really too bad. And isn't it interesting that, first of all, it's deception. And what, and what do we hear, you know, in the Bible, the great deceiver? Uh, but second, the fact that the crowd that says that they're tolerant, how is that tolerance? And, well, and... Yes, go ahead. I was just going to say, this is Jason. I was going to say, well, that, that, that's the new face of tolerance now, is that one side is trying to silence the other side of the debate. And, you know, 
the danger when that happens is that all intellectual progress stops mm-hmm. the minute you try to stop mm-hmm. one side of the debate. And, uh, and you know, for, for centuries, Christians have never tried to silence anybody. We've just simply tried to bring a kingdom, which is God Almighty, and that's a kingdom of freedom. And it's freedom for everybody. And so that's why David and I are going across the country just really encouraging Christians to stand because when Christians stand and do what's right and speak truth into a culture, no matter how dark it is, it benefits the entire culture. I'm glad you just said that, Jason, because, you know, we say this on the show all the time. Other than Franklin Graham, Franklin Graham is just amazing. He has not been bullied into any corner. He stands up for the truth. Pastors don't, the churches don't seem to be standing up under this political pressure. In fact, the opposite seems to be coming true with more and more denominations accepting homosexual marriages into their churches. And I'd like to know what your comments are on that. This this is David speaking. And and one of the things that we're seeing now that we're traveling across the country and speaking, and and, uh, there's an inherent fear of man and a man-pleasing spirit in the church today. And and we fear man far more than we fear God in many churches across this country. And political leaders and pastors, they've got a lot to lose. And when we wrote our book, Whatever the Cost, we talk about, listen, it's time for Christians to stand up for Christ, whatever the cost. And on the flip side of that coin, it's time for just Americans in general to be willing to stand up for their freedoms, whatever the cost. But here are the two problems to that, and here, here is what happens when you really are willing to stand up whatever the cost uh, for your faith and speak like Franklin Graham and, and others, you have to first face your fears because, I mean, there, there is legitimate fear. Now, you can lose your job. Obviously, you can lose a reality show. You can definitely lose your reputation and your good name. But, but another thing is you have to die to your dream, and, and what we talk about – in terms of pastors, that's dying to your congregation, dying to your big Twitter following, maybe a big book deal. For political leaders, it's your position of influence. You have to be willing to do what's right, even if you may lose something. And for the first time, at least in our generation, we're seeing that being a Christian, or at least being a Christian who stands on biblical value, and being an American who loves liberty, will actually cost us something. Now, So we have to die to those dreams. Amen. So, but, yeah, amen. I agree with you. And what, but what is the solution? Obviously, God is the solution. You know, and it says very clearly in the Bible, do not fear. And if you walk with me, I mean, who, you know, who can be a, a form against you? But you're right. It doesn't seem to be the thinking of most Christians. So what is, for those of us who don't have that fear, what can we do to help the church uh, what is the solution for our country and for Christians today? Okay, David and I, this is Jason. Uh, David and I are telling the church there's one thing that we have to do. Of course, we find this in Second Chronicles 7.14, and it's repentance. 100% repentance. And what we've said oftentimes is that boldness, apart from brokenness, makes a bully on both sides. We have to start with brokenness. We have to, and especially with folks that have influence like yourself, and, uh, and like spiritual leaders, we have to lead in repentance. Look, child sacrifice has been legal in this nation for 42 years, and we've had some faithful people in the church doing something about that, but by and large, the institution of the church has been silent. And, and we've yes. built mega churches and massive buildings while babies have been ripped apart. We have to repent yes. for that. 
because now we're experiencing the fruits of that silence. And uh, and so yeah. we start with repentance, and uh, and then once we've gone through that that um, process of repentance, then we stand to our feet in boldness, and we do not back down, no matter how loud the lion roars. Do you think there's enough leaders, church leaders in this country, to do such such a thing? Well, the be- the beauty is that God has always worked with the remnant. So I don't believe that God is looking for a majority. I think he's looking just for a few faithful souls. And uh, you you both are two of those that will be willing to say, look, we're going to follow you, Jesus, whatever the cost. And we are going to first repent of our own sins. And then we're going to help this nation and, and the church in this nation repent of her sins. Amen. What do you think about the church's untwining from the government and letting go their 501c3s. Well, this is David speaking. One of our good friends, Dr. Jim Garlow at Skyline Church out in San Diego, was one of the pastors that helped pioneer um, a lot, the, the Sunday where thousands of pastors took on the IRS and spoke to the issues of the day. What we wrote about in our book, whatever the cost, is we said there is no sacred secular divide. That that's a lie from hell. That's a dichotomy that Satan created years ago, and somehow we bought it in the church. Uh, you know, abortion is not a, a political issue. Abortion is a gospel issue. When life begins is a gospel issue. And the same thing with marriage. And Psalm twenty-four one says, "The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it." You know what? Uh, in the first century church, and when Paul was writing and Peter was writing and, and a lot of the New Testament men uh, were writing the scriptures, uh, there was no tax-exempt status then. Now, I enjoy tax-exempt status. I think it's important for our liberty. I think it's important for the church. But that whether we get a write-off or whether we have tax-exempt status or not should not affect the role of the church in the nation. Amen. Speaking of the church, and the forward of your book, by the way, whatever the cost, you can go to whatever the whatever the cost dot com. You can even go to the Benham Brothers dot com and and find the book there, which I highly encourage our listeners to purchase. But I love the Ford. Doctor Tony Evans wrote your Ford, and there was a couple of things that he wrote that just really stood out for me. One of them is. Kingdom men are hard to find. And I say it all the time on this show, especially I'm a, I'm a woman, you know, and I, I would prefer that there were more men speaking out so that I wouldn't have to do this. I'm a homeschooling mother. I'd rather, I'd rather just be doing that, to be honest. But, but there isn't enough kingdom men doing the job out there. And I'd like to hear, you're two of them. And you're and you're courageous. But I'd like to hear from the two of you on why you believe there's not enough kingdom men these days. Well, it's it's a great question. This is Jason, and uh, we were asked that question a few months ago. They said, "Where are all the men? Where are all the godly men who who should be taking a stand?" And David and I said this very simply: They're in church. They're in church, and they don't realize who they are. And, you know, oh. Hollywood has painted men to be buffoons, that all we're good for is drinking beer and, and going to church and, and then playing video games and watching our football games. And I'm telling you what, uh, by and large, men in America, even Christian men, have bought that lie. And we've got men who are in the church today who don't realize that they are ministers on mission 
to bring God's kingdom right where they are. And they they believe that they're defined by what they do and not who they are. And uh, and so David and I have been really trying to encourage men who are in the church to stand up to their ministerial calling and to fulfill that call and be the man that God has called them to be. So that's why we, we really want to target Christian men in the church so that they realize that God has called you to more than you've become. You don't just go to church, check it off the list, pay your tithes, and volunteer to be an usher. No, you need to bring oh. God's kingdom right where you are, exactly where he has placed you. It does not matter where you're placed or how you get paid. It's about passion and not position. Mm, I remember this because this is in your forward too by Dr. Tony Evans. Uh, you want men applause from heaven, not from men. I just... I just loved, I just loved that. And you know, another question that brings me to when I was a kid, you know, growing up in the eighties, it seemed like everybody was going to church. Your entire neighborhood was at church. Now, uh, I don't see neighbors going to church at all. And, and, you know, a recent, I think it was Gallup, Gallup or Rasmussen poll came out that the church is in the decline. Why do you think that is happening? This is David speaking, and there's a couple of points I'd like to make there. First of all, uh, Jason and I, we love to read, and we're, we're history majors. We, we, we really like to dive into not only scripture but also history. Leslie Newbegin wrote a book one time. It was called Foolishness to the Greeks. And in that book, he said, America is not shifting from Christian to secular. They're shifting from secular to pagan. And we're seeing that uh, in America today, that now we're really seeing that, especially when the American flag is removed from City Hall in Reno, Nevada, and the gay flag is replaced it. I mean, flags mean something. Flag means you've conquered. When you fly a flag over something, it means you've conquered something. But what we're seeing uh, in America, and, and I know the polls that you're talking about, those polls were talking about specific church membership and also church attendance. They're actually polling the institutional church or the what I call the organized church, but mm-hmm. church is an organism. It actually has life. It's not an organization. Now, the organism has organization. So the organization as we see it in America, the institution that we call church, a lot of people, especially millennials, aren't going anymore. They what what they're really seeking is true biblical Christianity that lives with an authenticity that carries with it a worldview, a comprehensive worldview that has answers to all of life, which God does if we live out the scripture. So I believe that those polls are showing, in my opinion, this is an optimistic view, but uh, in my opinion, it's showing the depletion and the deterioration of the old institutional model of church and hopefully an awakening of the organic, true biblical church in America and I'm just praying that God sends a, a great awakening to our nation. We really believe it's going to happen. I, you know, and I hope so. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Randy. I just wanted to make a comment. I do know that home churches are growing. Uh, and in fact, I started attending one for exactly what you said. There just doesn't seem, when you go to the pulpit now, that it's more feel-good messages and not the truth. So I hope, gosh, you know, David and Jason, I hope you're both right. I'm praying that it's just that the millennials and, and you know, and other generations in this country are just thirsting uh, for the, the, the salt, the, 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 you know, the, they want the truth. I, I'm, I pray along with you. Randy, go ahead. 
you know, I was going to say it. It reminds me, you know, what what they just said is like uh, with the Dead Sea Scrolls. I can't quote it exactly, but something to the effect of the kingdom of heaven is all around you. It's not made of brick, mortar, or stone or something. And that's like, you know, organized religion and organized church. You know, you don't have to have a, a building to go to really to have a personal relationship with God or Jesus. You know, that that's in the heart and in the mind, not in a building with windows and doors. What do you guys think about that? Any Amen. Amen, brother. We Listen, if the paradigm of church is what we've made it today in America, where this big, gorgeous building, and I'm not saying buildings are great services or any of that's wrong, but just let's follow the thought. If that was the model of what church was supposed to be, and then you put a sign out front and invite everyone to come to you, then why did Jesus not go to the temple, which was the most magnificent building in Jerusalem at the time, and just clean house, set up his disciples in the 12 programs, put a sign out front, and invite everyone to come to him. As a matter of fact, he did quite the opposite. He said he's going to tear that temple down and rebuild it in three days. And what he meant was, I'm taking the stationary temple down, and I'm making it a mobile temple in you and in me. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit. So what we've created in America today is not really church. It's just a building. If someone asks me, well, where is your church today? I say, well, right where we're standing. My brother and I, two years ago, before we signed with HGTV, we had done exactly what you did. Is we, we started a little home church, and we've got about 15 families in our home church. And here's what's really interesting. Our tithes don't pay parking lots or buy jumbotrons. Right now, we're supporting more ministries. And we are flush with cash in terms of we have no overhead. I mean, almost no overhead at all. And we're able to really help the needs in our communities. We're helping families. We're able to do things as a body of Christ. And, and it's, it's like the Marine's motto, high speed, low drag. We don't have the drag of the overhead and all of those expenses, but we have high speed where we're mobile and we can help the needs that are in our community. Amen. I'm glad you just said that. I was just having a conversation with our show coordinator, Linda, who uh, your assistant went back and forth with. And Linda, we love you. And we were having this conversation about how the fact is that the, that the church is not helping the community. And, and that, to me, I believe is one of the reasons we are where we are today. And look, you know, the Mormon church, even though they're only taking care of their own, that is the one thing that they do. Even though it's their own community, they take care of them, of each other. They have their own buildings where they stash food. And you don't see Christian churches. You're absolutely right. The money goes into the church. Uh, not a lot of outreach happening. And in the meantime, there's poverty in communities. There's, there's little children that are starving. And so... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, statistics don't lie. We, we've got another book coming out next year uh, called Living Among Lions. It's living with the conviction, commitment, and courage of Daniel in today's Babylon. And, and it's going to be released with Thomas, Thomas Nelson, but next year sometime. And uh, one of the statistics that we state in there is from the Evangelical Credit Union that, that makes loans and, and really helps the finances of thousands of churches across America. They put out their statistics in a pie chart. And it showed that of all of the churches, thousands upon thousands of churches in America, 83%, and, and, and I'm, I'm a little gray on that number. I don't have it sitting in front of me, but it's an overwhelming majority. It's 80-some percent 
of the money that goes in, the tithes that go into the church are used for overhead salaries and all of the programs and stuff. And and then the remaining 17% of that 17%, only 6% is designated on average to benevolence and evangelism. See, that's a very dangerous spot for us to be. And here's what's really interesting is that it's time for us as the Christian church to be the salt and light of the earth. In the preamble to the Constitution, when our framers got together and they framed the Constitution and they gave the preamble and they said in order to create a more perfect union or a more complete union to ensure domestic tranquility, and they said to promote the general welfare. Now, they did not use the word provide for the general welfare. They don't, the government's not supposed to provide welfare. It's supposed to simply promote it. Why has the church, ever since the history of the United States of America, we have always received tax-exempt status? Because the church is the one institution that is supposed to provide for the common welfare. We are the ones that are supposed to provide. We are the ones that are supposed to help do that. And the government actually incents us or promotes the giving to the church so that we can do the provision for the welfare. So really, to me, I believe Jason and I both are preaching around the country saying, if we in the church get it right, welfare can be solved. If we get it right in the church and stop spending all the money on ourselves and propping up our own institution, then we're going to see a major change in this nation. How are pastors responding to your message? Well, unfortunately, uh, some pastors think that that's a rebellious message. I say it's a biblical message. I say, take, hey, let's go to the Bible. Let's look at it. Listen, with all due respect, we're so thankful for the church buildings that we have across America. We're so thankful for the great programs that we have at various churches across America. But we have to take an honest look at ourselves and say, what have we built? What have we done? What have we become? You'll have four churches on a corner, street corner, four street corners. I mean, the same streets, the four corners of the street, and these churches won't talk to each other. They're selling all their own money into their own little programs and all of this other stuff. When's the last time they got together and said, you know what, let's be a blessing to our city. Let's start taking care of some of these schools. You you see what I'm saying? It's so vital that we do that. And and I I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, oh, church buildings are awful. It's not. But what we've done is we've sucked so much of the provision that's supposed to go to the nation and that we're supposed to be the salt and light of the nation and we've used it for ourselves. And it's true. It's an honest indictment of our own self. Well, I think your message is really truthful, too. So out of curiosity, why do some pastors believe that it's a rebellious message? I, I, I don't understand. Well, it's like, uh, hey, you, you guys are really, you're speaking against what we've worked so hard to build. You know, we've been in ministry for 30 years. You have no idea the sacrifices. And we're like, yeah, no, we get it. I, trust me, I get it. But there have been, look, I'm an entrepreneur. We, we've got dozens of companies and, and even nonprofits. I have to take an honest look at my company, my profit and loss. I have to take an honest look at how effective am I, what are best practices, what am I doing good, what am I doing bad. And, and when I'm not doing exactly as I know I can, when I've not maximized my potential, I have to make changes. And, and right. I believe Christians around America, and even Americans in general that are people not of faith, look at the church and are like, you guys need to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? You Stick around with us. You're going to do a little break. You can, you can sit with us a little longer, right? 
I got just a little bit longer. I'm actually at dinner with my wife, but she's very she's on board with this message of liberty and this message to the church. So we're good. Well, tell her we tell her we really appreciate her. We'll be right back. Thank you. Randy, your ad isn't playing, so we won't, I'm not gonna I'm gonna try to play it. We'll just we'll just go on. Uh, so so brothers, first of all, we want to thank your wives uh, for the time that you're you're sharing with us. We really appreciate it, and we know that there's other people that do share your message. You have a lot of endorsements for your work and for your book on your website. Some of them, uh, Phil Robertson, who we love. I mean, he is somebody who's from Duck Dynasty, for those who don't know. He has just been really just honest and loving about it. Franklin Graham, of course, Glenn Beck, Dave Ramsey, who we love. So, you know, there are some good Christian men in this country who are standing up uh, in, in and, you know, encourage. But right before we were going to try to go to a break, you said something about, you know, a, a pride. And I'm glad you said that because I did read your article that was in WND uh, about the rainbow flag in, in Reno, which I want to talk about here in a second. But, you, but one of the things you wrote, love is not proud. I went, wow, that is just, that is absolutely brilliant and perfect, and I want you to talk about that because you're right. That's what they're saying, gay pride, you know, pride love, but you're right. Love is not proud. The church shouldn't be proud. America shouldn't be proud, and I want you to talk about that biblically. Well, as, as a Christian, we are to be salt, uh, and salt is a preserver. Sometimes salt burns, and we, we speak the truth, and we speak it in love, but the, the Apostle Paul was speaking to the Corinthian church. It was very much like the American church when we look at it today, but he's speaking to the Corinthian church, and he said, love is not proud. It's not boastful. It's not arrogant. Um, now, the slogan of the whole LGBT victory, the, the gay victory uh, for marriage at, at the Supreme Court um, in June was love wins. And now what we're seeing is the gay flag being flown alongside uh, the, the American flag, and even in the case of Reno, Nevada, it's replacing the American flag, and they're marching through the streets, and now in the gay pride marches, it's gay pride. But love is not proud, and so it's such a hypocrisy. And the thing is, is that is they say love wins. This is equality. Well, it's not really equality, because what's happening is sexual freedom is now replacing religious freedom, because if you're a Christian and you don't want to support an expressive event or a message propagating same-sex unions or, or homosexuality or any other message for that matter, you have the right or the religious freedom in America where you don't have to, to endorse or celebrate or be involved in that in the marketplace. But now in the case of the Kleins, in the case of Baron L. Stutzman in Washington State, they're being fined, they're being sued, they're they're being bullied, and there are, there are Christians around the country now that reach out to my brother and I and say, hey, listen, I've got a company, and I'm getting targeted on Twitter. I'm getting targeted on Facebook. They're writing in false reviews on Yelp and some of these other review places, and you're getting bullied. It has nothing to do with equality. So love and equality, it's actually that, that flag and this whole gay pride movement is the absolute opposite of what their tolerant claims are. I love that. Sexual freedom defeating religious freedom. You can really interpret that as sin is defeating uh, God, but we know that's not 
going to be the case. I mean, God has the final victory, but we are certainly seeing a different time. We have the Kleins on here on Wednesday, and we look forward to speaking to them. But I was reading an interview uh, that you that you did, uh, CNN, and it was really such a deceptive headline. They said anti-gay remarks. <laughs> anti-gay. I've never heard a Christian be anti-gay personally. I just see, you know, we as Christians speaking the truth with love, and but you never hear them say anti-Christian. Well, of course not. The thing here's the thing. Uh, King David said in Psalm 56, all day long they twist my words. That's what David said. And then in Jesus, in his own words, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, he said, Blessed are you when men persecute you and falsely accuse you for my name's sake. So we have to understand in the Christian church today, especially in America, they will twist your words. They will falsely accuse you. And here's the accusation. They refuse to separate individuals from ideas. You see, Jesus loves all people, but he does not love all ideas. So when I, I am not, of course we're not anti-gay. We're not anti-individual at all. We are pro-Jesus. We're pro-boundaries. And the blessings of God are only found within his boundaries. Now, that's not an anti-position. That's a pro-position. That's actually a, I want you to be blessed. I would like to see you and my own family in America flourish. And in order for us to flourish, the scripture says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. It's so important. So, you know, these, these headlines and the, the, the false narratives and the mischaracterizations and, to be honest, the straight-up just bullying in the media that's taking yeah. place against Christians, all we have to do is just keep speaking the truth with a smile on our face but refuse to back down because we will win oh. if we refuse to Amen. Amen. I love what you guys did, too. You sent fruit baskets to HGTV, and you invited critics over for dinner. Did anybody accept? Uh, nobody accepted. It was, it was funny, but we did have some nice email exchanges. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that our critics know. They know that we don't hate people. They know that we're not haters. As a matter of fact, the more time CNN and other outlets gave to us, the more people began to realize, hey, these guys aren't haters. And it's not just Jason and me. It's Christians in general for the most part. Now, I know there's some of the wackos out there that are speaking the truth mm -hmm. not in love. And you know what? They need to be rebuked. And hopefully Christianity as a whole in America would stand up and say, hey, that's not loving. But Christians truly do love individuals. And the Bible says greater love has no man than this then he's willing to lay down his life for his friend. And, you know, go ahead and replace the word his life with reputation, job, reality show. You're willing to lay these things down so that you can speak the truth because, the, as the Bible says again, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Oh, amen. And you can read more of this wisdom in their book, Whatever the Cost. Just a couple more fun questions, and then I know you guys are eating dinner with your lovely wives who we cannot thank enough. Uh, for allowing you to be uh, spend this time with us today. Uh, but I loved on your website, and I don't remember which which one wrote it, but I couldn't stop laughing. You know, because, you, you know, for those who are listening, you can't see them. They're twins. And you said, uh, we shared a w womb, then a room, and now an office. I, I mean, that was just, it spoke to volumes of not only your sense of humor and love for each other, but it was just fantastic. 
but how is it working together? I mean, you are twins. Is it true what they say, twins, when one's in pain, the other feels it? Uh, that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, there's kind of that mental telepathy thing. We were just asked to speak at an event uh, in Nashville, and we, and we showed up. And, and Jason showed up. I show up. We have our bag. We, we fly there. We get out, and, and he and I get to the hotel, and we're getting dressed for the evening, and we pack the exact same outfit, which is crazy. I mean, we don't even <laughs> live together. But we, so there's a little bit of that mental telepathy there. We had to make fun of ourselves in front of the crowd. But, um, you know, Jesus sent out his disciples two by two, and we see the value of that. I mean, even you doing a radio show, uh, the two of you together, and, and you know, the, the, the beauty of having – um, two people working together, and if you can get three, the scripture says a triple braided cord is not easily broken. It's so important to have two because there's community there. And when there's community, there's the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, there's the power of the Holy Spirit with just one person, but biblical community, when two people are united by covenant, like uh, we're willing to die for each other. We love each other. I mean, Amen. and, uh, but, I mean, it's not all lovey-dovey. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the countenance of another. And as we say in our book, marshmallows don't sharpen marshmallows. So we got to be sharp. But uh, traveling two by two and, and speaking together, it really, we're just encouraging Christians and even pastors, please start uniting with other brothers. I mean, we're talking about men being men. We've got to unite with other men so we can walk this walk together and be stronger together. Right, amen. But when you guys played baseball, you didn't play for the same team, did you? I mean, one of you I know played for the Red Sox, and uh, so were, you were rivals then, basically. How did that? How was that when you were playing pro baseball? <laughs> well, we were uh, both drafted, and, and but before that, we both went to Liberty University and played there for four years, and then Jason was drafted by the Orioles, and, and David, I was drafted by the Red Sox, and believe it or not. We actually spent a little time in the minor leagues together in the St. Louis Cardinals organization, but that's another book that will be coming out in a few years. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Is there a lot of Christian men in, 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 in baseball, in sports in general? There are more than you would think, and, and here's what's really interesting. is It's unfortunate, but many of them don't want to be vocal because they're afraid of the backlash. They see, you know, and like they, Tim Tebow, like he, yeah. he got raked over the coals. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can you can just go ahead and just cross dress or or leave your wife and, and all these other things and everything's fine. But the minute you say you're a Christian, or like Russell Wilson saying he's going to wait until uh, he gets married before he has sex and all these other things. I mean, that's just those are wonderful little moral quips that, that believers would say, but you just get raked over the coals. And so. Uh, in every area of culture now, athletes, entertainers, artists, authors, uh, politicians, even preachers, they're afraid. They're genuinely afraid. So we're praying that uh, believers across the nation would say, you know what, whatever the cost, I'm going to speak. And as we say, boldness apart from brokenness makes a bully. So let's be broken over our own sin, but then let's stand in boldness and lead the way so that these athletes and, and, and others that are believers actually can see some courage and follow our example. Right. You know, David and Jason, it's really too bad because with athletes, I'm telling you, we view athletes as wrong or right. We view them as heroes. 
especially little kids, little little boys. I that's what I have. I, I have all boys. Um, it, well, I have a I have a stepdaughter. She's mine too. But you know, they look up to these athletes, and if they would come out, I guarantee you'd see a different society. You'd see a different society. So I think out of every group, they're the ones that really need to stand up. Well, we totally agree. And, and as we say in our book, it, your talent is God-given, and but you can either make it a tool for his glory or a toy for Satan's glory. If you keep your Christianity, if you keep your witness silent, then you're using your talent as a toy. But if you use your talent and you are vocalizing your faith and you're giving God all the glory for everything he's given you, now you're using your talent for as a tool. Amen. Whatever the cost is of the book, David and Jason Benham, we cannot thank you enough. Any chance TBN or any of the other networks uh, are uh, going to pick you up? I mean, I think they should. Any any Christian network at all? Well, it's, it's really interesting. We had five networks want us before we signed with HG. And then after it was over, we had a round of networks calling us uh, during the media firestorm last year. Uh, but we never settled on anyone or anything. And at this point, everything is silent. And what Jason and I have kind of taken that as, okay, you know what? Hey, that was uh, that was fun while it lasted, but God's given us a platform to speak to the nation, to speak to the church, and hopefully speak to the heart of liberty at this nation uh, at the level that we're at right now. And uh, so this is what we're doing full time. We're speaking, we're writing, and uh, we're just really trying to do our dead level best to be the best Christian and the best Americans we can be, with or without a reality show. Hey, amen. Are you still helping mm-hmm. families, though, be able to purchase homes? Are you still helping them with real estate? Yes, we are. We're creating jobs by God's grace, hundreds of them, and uh, we've got jobs overseas we've created. And, and, you know, the Lord's just really given us that ability. It's it, For us to take credit for building successful companies and creating jobs is like a shovel taking credit for digging a hole. We're just the tools God's chosen to use to get it done. We're doing our best to be the best we can be to seek the blessing of our nation and ultimately to glorify the Lord. Any, uh, any uh, in the future, because we're entrepreneurs too, any chance you're going to write a book about entrepreneurship, especially from a Christian angle? Yeah, we've been tossing that around. I mean, like I said, we just finished our second book, and that one's really about living with courage in today's Babylon. But we've been uh, talking a lot about writing a book on entrepreneurship from a biblical perspective and, and doing it with a little bit of a twist, which is the way that we like to write. So uh, we're just praying about that. But thank you for that. That will continue to prod us in the right direction. Oh, good. Amen. Whatever the cost, we could have kept you forever here, but we don't want to do that to your families because really that's where biblical men should be. They should be with their families as well. We cannot thank you enough, David and Jason, for being here. You are welcome back to the show anytime, anytime you want to promote your book. Uh, Any final words from, from both of you before you go? Well, we're both just very thankful for your voices. Uh, we say to folks, when when you have the heart of Christ and then you spend the time to, to develop the mind of Christ, then you have to join the conversation. You can't sit silent. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, a man truly dies when he refuses to stand up for what is right. So thank you for this radio program. Thank you, too, for speaking. And for all those that are listening, let's get the heart of the Lord Let's spend time developing the mind of Christ in the Word of God and praying in the Spirit, and then let's join this conversation and stand up for what's right. Amen. Thank you, David and Jason. Thank you to your families. Enjoy a very blessed evening. 
God bless you. Take care. God Take bless care, you. Bye bye. Uh, thank you. Bye bye. Uh, fantastic, Randy. And that's the way Christian men. Uh, should be, and I think that the work that they're doing is probably even more important than it would have been had their show. In fact, if it wasn't for that show, think about it this way. They wouldn't have wrote that book, whatever the cost, so I think God has them on the right journey at the right time. Wow. That was, I don't know about you, Randy, but I was certainly blessed by that interview. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're great guys, and you know the old saying, you know, when a door closes, a window opens. Yes. Amen. And I'm going to try to play an ad again. I'm not sure why I didn't play the first time. When we come back, we've got a few more minutes for business headlines. Hi, this is Randy again. If you listen to the show, you know Shalene and I sound the alarm and grab attention. Well, let us help you get the attention your brand deserves. Thousands of listeners worldwide could be hearing your message right now. So advertise with us. Our rates are low cost with a variety of options to fit into any budget. So come on, free market capitalists. Contact us by email, staff at thewakeupmissionshow.com. Defenders of Liberty are waiting to help you increase your business right now. Whoa, Randy, what do you have for us in these final minutes uh, before we end? Gosh, can you believe it? We're going to be ending the first day of our anniversary week. It's been one year, and we'll be ending our our first show of the week here in just a few minutes. Oh, Randy, are you there? (laughs) Maybe Randy's already. Maybe he's already out. Maybe he corked a bottle of champagne and is already (laughs) out there celebrating. (laughs) No, 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 no. Can't do that on a Monday. (laughs) <laughs> I, I had my mic muted, and I and I missed my mark when I went to unmute. Um. <laughs> <laughs> See, we still a year later, we still have these technical mishaps, but uh, but at least they're not as bad as all three that we played. That was the funny thing. All three had technical mishaps. So priceless, priceless. So, what else do you have for us, Randy? Well, uh, I had one more. Um, and then this came from Market Watch. Uh, I believe that was today. Yeah, I, I found. I saw this uh, probably this morning or this afternoon. Well, it was this afternoon looking at the timeline. Well, the ISM manufacturing data is also raising some doubts about the economy. And if um, our listeners remember what we were talking about earlier uh, before uh, the Benham Brothers came on, you know, you know everything's stagnant right now. Um, <clears throat> Okay, it's the Institute for Supply Management's Manufacturing Index. And, uh, well, it was released right right around noontime Eastern. Well, it fell fell to 52.7% in July, down from 53.5% in June. And here we go again. The decline was unexpected. A survey economist by market watch had forecast a 53.7 reading so you know it was one whole degree percentage or point off and according to Bradley Holcomb he's the chair of the ISM factory survey committee he says it's a slow start to the second half but Holcomb said but he is hopeful of a solid final six months of the year how long have we been hearing this they're hopeful of uh, 
for how many years now? Wow, we were really surprised that it didn't turn out as good as we were hoping for. But we're hopeful that you know the the rest of the year is going to turn out a lot better than what we've already been through. And it never happens. It just it it, it stays the same or it gets worse. And and I'm sure these guys, you know, these people, they've got college degrees, and you know, they're you know they're probably a hell of a lot more book smart than me, but uh, I'm thinking wow. of, uh, you know, when when well, he's not on the air anymore, but I remember every year that you know before the Super Bowl, Jay Leno would have that that dog uh, run around um, and popping balloons predicting the Super Bowl winner. Uh, well, that's probably, you know, you probably do the same thing to predict the economy. <laughs> you know, there's obviously oh. there's big money in predicting the economy. Maybe we should uh, get a financial opportunity like that. Hey, we're all just as qualified as these people because they obviously, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're like the they're like the weatherman you see on uh, on the news every night. Well, I didn't. You know that thunderstorm caught us off guard today. We predicted it was going to be clear and sunny all day, but this storm came up out of nowhere, and we got six inches of rain in four hours. Sorry about the floods, and sorry your picnic got washed out, uh, or you got struck by lightning down at the lake on your boat because we told you it was going to be sunny today. So it, it, it's, wow. it's, you know, it, it's it's almost. Um, if it wasn't so damn depressing, it would be comedy, you know, because they they can't right. you know, they can't predict five minutes in front of them, much less um, what's going to happen the rest of the year or next week or tomorrow or next month. It's all guesswork, and right. apparently there's a lot of money to be made guessing. <laughs> so um, right, right, that, right. Well, I have uh, something that just came over from WND. This is an exclusive. And WND, by the way, uh, you can go over there. The Benham Brothers have an article on which they write about the rainbow flag that, uh, by the way, they removed at City Hall. This was in Reno, Nevada. Uh, They uh, removed the American flag and then rose up the rainbow flag uh, but City Hall received a ton of, uh, as you should guess, uh, a ton of calls. And so what they did is they put the American flag back up, but then rose the rainbow flag next to it. And, of course, people were outraged by it. But anyway, that's WND, and they have an exclusive that they just sent here within the hour. Obama detains 27 Christian asylum seekers. More than two dozen Iraqi Chaldean Christians forced from their homes by ISIS have been detained at an ICE detention center in California. Um, Now, what's interesting about that, uh, these aren't people who just decided to cross the U.S.-Mexico border. These are people saying we have nowhere to go, so they should be considered one of the refugees, you would think. But former Republican Congressman Frank Wolf of Virginia, who now serves as a distinguished senior senior fellow at the 21st Century Wilberforce Initiative, which advocates for persecuted Christians worldwide, said the situation is a sad commentary on the state of U.S. priorities when it comes to asylum seekers. And what he said is, one can understand why they would leave their country when they are facing genocide. I have seen the area that they come from in Iraq. It's not a surprise that Christians being hunted down by ISIS would seek refuge 
in the United States. Uh, but he goes on to say that there's an inherent bias against Christians. The very nature that fa- of the fact that the border is so porous is an indictment of this administration. People have been talking about it for years. But for Chaldean Christians, for them to have to go back to Iraq, well, when for other border crossers, the norm is they process them. Heck, you can even, as we've talked about on the show, uh, be in prison, get let out, commit a crime, and you're not even deported. Wood said that there seems to be an inherent bias against Christians in this current administration. He says it's clearly easier to get asylum in the U.S. as a Muslim than it is for a Christian. And he says it's been going on for a number of years under uh, this administration. We will have this link up on our website, thewakeupmissionshow.com, in addition to our Facebook page. And again, for me, Randy, it's just interesting that over the weekend, you know, I told you about the video and the article I read about what it says, uh, you know, in Hebrew and the scripture. Uh, that's mm-hmm. interesting in itself. Uh, again, I'm not saying Obama's the Antichrist, and neither was that pastor who put that out. He's just saying, hey, this is what it says. Here's the confirmation from all these, you know, these, these rabbis. But what's really interesting and what I have said on this show and what I do uh, believe wholeheartedly is that Obama's a Muslim I mean, Obama, you know, Barack Obama is not his uh, given name. It's Barry Sotero. So for me, that's just clue number one. But this is also a clue. You know, and this former congressman is absolutely correct. You know, we have people coming here for asylum that are Muslims. They're just, they're checked right in. And these Christians are down at the border at this at this uh, at this facility, and they're going to be sent back. So that just uh, I don't know. For me, uh, and along with the uh, the Navy uh, lieutenant commander uh, who defended himself against a Muslim terrorist, and now you know he's going to be charged with a crime. <laughs> you know, so uh, to me, there just seems to be more clues. So I was really glad to have the Benham brothers on today. Uh, it's true, Christians, you cannot be bullied into silence. You have to speak the truth. Do it as loving as you can. Sometimes, you know what? I'm very blunt. <laughs> you know, there's no doubt about it. Um, I know that. But everything I say, I say it with love in my way. I know you do too, as Randy. We cannot thank everybody enough for listening to our show these past couple of years because we're doing what we can for God, for country, and doing what we can love. Well, since it's our first day here uh, of our anniversary, I think a better way is to end this first episode for the week uh, with The Revolution by DiCarlo Swaller, who wrote our, 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 our song for our show. We will be back here tomorrow for day number two of our anniversary, Truth Tuesday. We have two guests. We'll see you tomorrow. Where is the The time to wake up is here and now Time for a revolution Down and out, you live for what you can't get out Check the check when the ball says there's nothing left Search wide, search wide, dig deep 
trying to stand on your own feet. But the man won't lend a helping hand. Wealth has dried up our whole land. In your home, on your street. Let's turn it around. It's time to get up on your feet. Come on. Where is the a reason to celebrate. Weddings, quinceañeras, or just because I love you. Now, for a limited time, switch to AT&T and buy two Samsung Galaxy S7s for one great price. Visit your nearest AT&T store today. AT&T, mobilizing your world. Limited time offers. Each line requires eligible port-in, trade-in, purchase, and service. Get minimum of $10 trade-in credit plus prepaid card in amount of device balance or early termination fee less trade-in. Fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See store for details. There's always a reason to celebrate. Weddings, quinceañeras, or just because I love you. Now, for a limited time, switch to AT&T and buy two Samsung Galaxy S7s for one great price. Visit your nearest AT&T store today. AT&T, mobilizing your world. Limited time offers. Each line requires eligible port-in, trade-in, purchase, and service. Get minimum of $10 trade-in credit plus prepaid card in amount of device balance or early termination fee less trade-in. Fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See store for details.